This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could want. And get this, as a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this summer by using the code PITPOD. P-I-T-P-O-D for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. So visit the thekansascitybarbecuestore.com today for all of your barbecue needs. This is Luke Darnell here with the Pitmaster Podcast, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. And this week, we continue our run of interviewing teams that are up near the top of the KCBS rankings and uh, that are driving around all over the place <laughs> looking for those 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 sets of points. And we're here with Robert from Smoke Me Silly. How you doing, bud? Hey, Luke. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you, uh, you're you on your way to Savannah, I believe, for the, this week's contest? Yeah, it's one of the longer drives that we usually do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's we've done this contest before in Savannah. They do a good job, so we're glad to be back. Very cool. We are uh, – so Kim doesn't work during the summer because she's a school teacher. So um, last year I scheduled a bunch of work during the summer, and we didn't compete a lot. So I made sure this year to keep some weeks open. So we're actually in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, wow. And we'll be leaving tomorrow going to cook a contest in right outside of Detroit. Um, so that'll be our 31st state, I think, that we've cooked in. Um, oh, so, pretty cool. Yeah, Lexa was actually born in the D- Detroit area, so uh, oh, cool. maybe one day we'll get up that way. Yeah, this is in uh, Westland, I believe. Oh, okay. Right- Right between Ann Arbor and Detroit, so yeah, new state. But as uh, we're staying with Rick Hamilton from Ham Bones by the Fire, who is going to drive his trailer up with his Jambo, and because we don't have our trailer, I'm going to make Kim drive our truck. And today they looked at me and they were kind of like, "You're kind of being chauffeured to, through this entire contest this weekend." <laughs> oh, wow, you got it made. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm kind of digging it. I'm not going to lie. So where are you guys right now in the points race? Oh, man. Uh, Unfortunately, we're in our sort of summer slump, I call it. We usually come into the spring pretty strong, and then the summer we don't usually do as well. And that's sort of been consistent. I can't tell you why, but uh, we're in the third, fourth area. Uh, now where I think we're eighth or something like that, but you've had a lot of other teams coming on strong right now. Uh, Urkel, man, he's on a tear. Oh yeah, he's um, <laughs> he's been pretty unstoppable recently. <laughs> I know. And uh, yeah, I interviewed him last week, and I told him after the inter- interview that I was going to get him this week, and I got him on day one, but he yeah, got everybody you- on day two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, we've actually got to see you guys quite a bit this uh, 
this year. So that's been pretty cool. I know. I, I think well, we've seen you twice. I think uh, that well, we saw you in Wise. You did great yep. there. Uh, Greenwood. That's a great. Oh, and Greenwood. That's right. Back to back. Wise Wise continues to be just an amazing place. I love that contest. Yeah, like I told the organizer, I'm surprised they don't have a wait list. Yeah. I mean, that is a great contest. I, in fact, hate to say it, but I, I actually enjoyed that better than Greenwood, and I enjoy Greenwood. Yeah. So you guys have been doing this for how long now? Oh, man, it seems like forever. Uh, we actually started back in 2011 cooking backyard in Alabama. Uh, I think I did about five or six contests and I threw it to the end of the year. And I told Lex, I said, this is okay. Cooking chicken and ribs, but man, I want to cook some brisket. So, uh, we took a class in early 2012. It was tippy canoe and big T's. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if you all them, but they were kicking butt that year, the year before, and we went to their class up in Iowa. There's the Iowa Barnstormers uh, the, class, wasn't it? Isn't that what they called it? Cold, but uh, it was cold. I know it was in the winter time, <laughs> and about a foot and a half of snow on the ground that weekend. Uh, but I got to go to the class. Lex went with me. Of course, I paid because I wound up taking having to take her to the mall and walk down there. So she got her revenge. <laughs> <laughs> so 2011. So you've been at this about 10, 11 years, same as us. And uh, wow, you know, that's it's it's funny how you get into this. You're like, I don't know how long I'll do this for. And then you look up and it's been 10, 12 years. And it's like, wow. <laughs> oh, and we we did uh, we were sort of doing the points chase thing back in 2018, uh, and we hit it pretty hard. Actually, by our standards, we do. I think we did about 35, and uh, man, it was rough. I mean, we were exhausted after that, and uh, after that, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, man. I just I was so burnt out after yeah. doing so many doing the points chase thing. In fact, I talked to Paul and Lynn with Rooters and Tutors. I don't know how they do it, man. They go a lot farther than we do. Yeah, but they, uh, they're crazy. We scaled back <laughs> uh, for a couple of years after that. And then, uh, I don't know, man, I got my fire back last year. I just, and now I just want to cook all the time. Yeah, it's funny because we kind of did the same thing. We, we went, you know, really hard and, 16, 17, and 18, and then um, I was like, you know, we need to calm it down a little bit, and then I changed careers, and uh, but I actually, the words came out of my mouth the other day to Kim, I said, you know what I would really like? She's like, what? I'd like, I'd like one more one more year of, of running real hard, you know? And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she just looked at me, because I mean, that's what, it gets her going. She'd go every week if she could. Yeah, yeah. It's addicting, that's for sure. Yeah, especially when you can get into a rhythm. And, you know, I tell students all the time that the best way to get better at, at doing competition barbecue is to do it four weeks in a row. Um, you really learn about yourself. You learn about your cooker. You learn about 
your food and you, you know that little tiny changes can make a huge difference. And I think that's the biggest jump that you can experience. Yeah, it's it's tough to go a month or more or even a few weeks without cooking. Because then you forget, you forget what you did well the last time or, you know, what you did not so well. Right, right. How has your career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master on the competition trail? Uh, as far as my career, uh, I was, I'm actually retired Navy and so is Lex. So I think that sort of had, definitely had an impact, uh, because it's all about being, following certain processes, mm-hmm. uh, especially how we were in, we were both sonar mm-hmm. techs. Uh, and to me, anybody in the Navy, if you're doing any kind of maintenance, you got to follow a certain process. And I think that's sort of been beat into us through our Navy career. So, uh, that definitely helps, uh, on the barbecue trail for sure. Absolutely. I didn't know that. That's, that's awesome. We're going to have to have a couple of drinks <laughs> and talk about that at some point. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I can see that, you know, being, how competition barbecue can be really getting into a routine and having a process that, that having that background can be very effective. Yeah. Yeah. And the job I had in the Navy was very uh, analysis centric, if you will. And uh, even the job I have now, I'm in, I'm in a finance area, but it's a lot of analysis. So I'm always analyzing numbers and uh, things like that. You tear that score sheet up, don't you? Oh, oh yeah, buddy. I have a hell of a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the other day, uh, we, were, we were in Spring Grove, and we got the score sheet, and Kim was like, you want to look at it? I'm like, no, I don't. I haven't looked at one in years, and, you know, then there was a mix-up with comment cards and stuff, and people were like, did you check to see if your comment cards are right? I'm like, no. I'm not going to because I don't really care if they're right. <laughs> you know, <it's... laughs> but Kim, Kim will do the same thing. She'll sit there and go through it and she'll know which tables were which and who hit where. And, oh, man, it's it's exhausting to me. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I actually have my own stats, so I count all six judges in my stats because uh, I want to see how everybody's scoring enough whether they were dropped or not. And then I also, if I have time, I'll go look at the the whole, that contest specifically and see how the tables were. But wow. Yeah. I analyze it. <laughs> Man, but I feel like we could do a whole podcast on just that. Oh, I know we could for sure. <laughs> but, oh man, that's also a rabbit hole. I don't know that I want to go down. <laughs> In fact, I've been to contests with with Paul and Lynn, and if they didn't do well, and I'll be looking at other teams, too, to see what what tables they hit. And I'll say, it's okay, Paul. I'll text him. I said, it's okay. I looked at the tables. You hit the top four, or you hit the all bottom four of the lowest scoring tables there. So you're good to go, buddy. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I think I just need you to send me that text every contest. (laughs) You need that (laughs) <laughs> It'll make me feel better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of these times on podcasts, we like to talk about um, our successes and all the great things we've done. One of my favorite things to talk about is our failures. Um, 
And do you have a favorite failure of yours during a contest where something happened and didn't go your way, but you learned a lot from it? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if there's any failure that's a favorite. I don't think any of are my favorite. But, yeah, I mean, shoot, we have all kinds of failures throughout the years where we've learned from. Uh, one of the big failures that sort of turned around into something good was uh, we were down in Coleman, Alabama. Uh, and that's back when we had a little 7x14 trailer, and we cooked on four Weber Smoky Mountains. And they were under a tent outside. And, of course, some of the strongest storms had rolled in. So I had three 22-inch WSMs and an 18-inch stuffed under this 10 by 10 tent with the walls up. And I had a lit chimney. It was about 11 at night. Lex had already left and gone to the home or the hotel. I can't remember. But I go out, and I trip over this lit chimney. And I fell on some other things I can't remember, but I remember getting up and blood's just going down my legs, both of them. Oh, jeez. I just kept, I just kept going. I went ahead and and dropped the coals and got the meat on. And then I tended to my cut up legs. When Lex got there in the morning, she said, what the hell did you do? (laughs) But yeah, it looked rough between burns and cuts. Uh, But, uh, you know, we made it through it and we actually wound up winning that contest, thankfully. But yeah, that was one of the, one of the sort of failures that turned out all right that I'll never forget. Yeah. Um, as far as other failures, like, I mean, just recently, I noticed during the summer, a couple caught contests. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. I got a lo- little lazy on the, the pork boxes and I wound up putting up in things that I knew weren't really all that good. But in my mind, I was thinking, oh, man, I got to fill this box with something, okay. you know, when I'm like. And after the fact, when I see the score and they say my pork's mushy, I'm like, yeah, you dumbass. You just put mushy pork in the damn pot. Why did you do that? You know better. You've been doing this for this long. But uh, it's one of those things, I'm telling you, you just get lazy and I don't know. Well, man, I've been having the same thing. It's like, you know, you shouldn't do it, but because... But there's just something like, you know, that there's this need. I don't know. I've been struggling recently with seeing people posting boxes, pork boxes online, especially. Hey, look, I got third place pork and it's just money muscle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen that. He's seen that with six slices of money muscle and they got a 180. Right. And I just feel like if I, if I'm, if I do that, then I'm, kind of gaming the system and and I just feel like there's so much more to a pork box than just that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and, so, and I think that's I, I, one of the things where we have been done doing it for so long, we're used to the fuller pork boxes of years ago. Right. Right. And it's, I don't know. You just have to and it's you know, the term is called editing yourself, and yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. <laughs> well, but, the the altitude sort of screwed with me and wise because I wasn't sort of used to that. And all my, most of my pork got done way earlier than it normally does. And it, I, I think I overcooked about three of the five money muscles that I had. 
Yeah, that elevation change will definitely mess with you a little bit. And the we've cooked that contest, I don't know how many, all but one time now that they've had it. And the barometric pressure will change in that place on a dime. And you can feel the air change and you can just see, you can watch your, one year we watched our brisket go from 199 on the thermal, on the chef alarm down to 196 in the cooker. Wow. Never took, never took it out and it just changed. And I looked across the street at Jerry Stevenson and I said, do you see that? And not even telling him what happened. And he goes, yep. I said, I'm taking it out right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. In fact, I went ahead. I learned my lesson. And in Galax, I checked it a lot earlier. And it, it turned out a lot better. But, oh, well. But it's, that's one of those failures, you know, that you learn from. Absolutely. Let's talk about gear a little bit. What's one of the best investments that you've made in competition barbecue? Uh, one of the best investments I've made in competition barbecue. Uh, I think those people, it's, it's been a class. I mean, yeah, to cut that curve. Uh, now I, I, I'm even a member of the barbecue league. I watch the videos. Uh, that to me, that's a great, great investment. I and mean, that's a, uh, that's a great investment. And it's a hundred dollars. Exactly. And- and the amount of knowledge that especially a new team can gather so quickly is it's staggering actually. <laughs> oh, it is watching uh, Bethany's chicken video. One of the early ones. Uh, I changed my chicken process because I saw her do that. And I said, well, shoot, if she can do that on a drum, that looks pretty good. I can do it on a WSM. And Absolutely. I changed my, process to match that and just do i just do it on a wsm it's too bad that bethany's such a horrible person and a terrible teammate <laughs> <laughs> i say that anytime everybody anyone brings her up she left me she left me cold one day and didn't bring me coffee and it was um, i've never let go <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by barbecuedata.com BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. But what's the purchase of like a small tool or something that's $100 or less that's most positively impacted your your cooking? $100 or less. Shoot and barbecue, that's not, not much nowadays. Not much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Uh, just some little things like the, uh, might be stupid, but the tumbleweeds for starting your chimney. Uh, absolutely. Those things are awesome. Uh, I mean, we've come a long way from using newspaper from when we first talked it. Absolutely. Or those, those, uh, Weber grill, grill, paraffin grill cubes that you'd light one and they'd go out and all that. Tumbleweeds are pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, and and they haven't they haven't been around that long. I don't think uh, only a few years, but those things are awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot mine in Greenwood, and I went around trying to find something to light my cooker. Finally, yeah. I found somebody that had them. So you were trying to find everything in Greenwood. <laughs> I got everything in Greenwood. <laughs> I, I remember just looking at you going, what are you doing? He goes, I forgot everything and I need to go find it. That goes back to the failure thing. <laughs> I learned my lesson there. <laughs> so do you use a lot of technology uh, when you're cooking? Um, On my stick burner, I get, I mean, I use probes in the meat. Yeah. Uh, Tell me when it's done necessarily, but to say, hey, Robert, you need to start checking to see right. if it's getting, you know, because uh, as soon as it hits to a certain temp where I want to start checking, I take the probe out. It doesn't go back in the meat. Uh, then I go in certain 15 minute increments and then I'll check it, uh, the feel of it. But it's all by the feel after that. Uh, right. Now, my web, I've been cooking chicken on an 18 inch Weber Smoky Mountain ever since we started. Uh, but so I do use a guru uh, temp controller there. Nice. But that's it. The Weber Smoky Mountain. What an amazing cooker. I know, isn't it? Sometimes <laughs> I miss cooking those, but it was a lot of work. Just like, but then again, you see all these drum guys now that carry all four drums. And I was like, hey, I was doing that back in the day, sort of. Right. I, I, I cooked on two WSMs for a long time. And, uh, yes, you can definitely make it work. And I wish I still had this. I wish I'd never gotten rid of them. Yeah, I had the, I had the three twenty two inch uh, Weber Smoky Mountains. And I actually had, I don't know if you remember, the device called a Stoker. Yeah. It was a guy out in California that had them. Uh, in fact, Harry Sue used it on Pitmasters. And right. uh, what was good about that is it was one unit that can control three you could control uh, probably more than three cookers if you have the splitter for it but it was a good it was a good uh, controller i had the cyber q2 the barbecue guru that would run two pits at the same time oh really and uh yeah and it had it had a plug that you could it had a usb plug that you could then plug it into a computer and track your temperatures overnight so i would i would wait until work was selling like old laptops and i would pick one up and take it to a contest and set it up so i could look at it at the temperature data overnight and uh after about the third laptop i was like i need to stop doing this because it doesn't really matter (laughs) exactly barbecue i used to do the same thing yeah barbecue cook sites are not kind to computing equipment (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah all right let's uh now we got this these questions are going to be awesome let's get into uh people a little bit who has impacted your life the most in competition <clears throat> barbecue wow man there there's definitely a lot uh shoot i mean looking back uh to watching Pitmasters when we first started i mean those people uh, Harry Sue is definitely somebody that when I saw him cook, you cooking on those Weber Smoky Mountains, that was sort of my inspiration. 
to use those. Now, originally I wanted a Jambo. I wanted to cook on a stick burner, but I didn't want to stay up all night and tend to a fire, to be honest. Right. Uh, I saw a lot of guys doing that, but I was like, no, that's for, not for me. I like to get my sleep. So that's why I went with the Weber Smoky Mountains and went with the Stoker because I could put my meats uh, on it at like 11 at night and get plenty of sleep, get up about five and wrap and I go. Um, but you know what? Uh, one of the, the definitely people that inspired me to switch over to a stick burner was uh, Darren Worth. Uh, I listened to him on the Barbecue Central radio show one time. And he was talking about when he put on his meat and uh, when he took it off. I'm like, shoot, if he could do it, I could try to figure that out. And really, during, I think it was some kind of pork round table. But he was talking about all the meats. And I was able to figure out when he put on this, a lot of the other meats as well, just from that show. And I said, well, man, if he can do it, I can, I could try to figure out how to do that, too. So that's when we decided and we, we got the champion. Uh, out of Knoxville, yeah. and uh, we've been cooking on that ever since, man. I love that cooker, but uh, yeah, Darren Worth has definitely been. A, I know he's been an inspiration to a lot of cooks out there. Oh yes, present company included. <laughs> but you know, even watching a lot of the cooks like uh, Tim and and Brad, uh, the things they're doing now in Memphis and May and things like that, they're definitely an inspiration as well. Yeah, there's a lot of people where you can really, I mean, even if it's just the smallest little things, you know, and I, I just enjoy learning. And I think the people that have been around barbecue for so long, that's been, that's the one constant trait that I think defines a lot of them is that they're constantly learning and learn, trying new things and adapting, which I think yeah. is a big, big part of this game. And, and, you're right. I mean, there are so many great pitmasters when I first started that just dropped out of cooking competition barbecue because they got frustrated. They just weren't willing to adapt, I think, to ch the changes uh, in in the competition and even in the judges. I mean, for look at uh, uh, brisket burn ends. I mean, we turned those in. We were doing well back in the day. In brisket, we were turning those in 90% of the time. And yep. now we turn that in. But because barbecue has changed, you need to change your mentality. Absolutely. And I've <laughs> I've cooked burn ends the past three contests now. And I, I wasn't even taking the point anymore. And I was like, you know what? You need to start doing that again and stop being lazy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I wonder why I take it because we don't. I think maybe this year so far, I think we've turned them in twice and we did okay, but I, it's, you know what? You never know if you don't get a comic card, whether it hurt you or helped you. Right. So, I do it, uh, I do it more as, yeah, I do it more of as a security blanket in case I absolutely destroy the flat. Exactly. That is true. That is true. But I tell you what, it's good lunches for Absolutely. Make some great sandwiches. <laughs> great sandwiches. Um, so when you're having a problem, when you're having a barbecue issue, who is it that you pick up the phone and call and say, hey, I'm having a 
problem with this meat, you know? Who's that person for you? Uh, I don't know that there's anybody that I call. Uh, I have texted back and forth with Paul Keltner a couple times, but I think one of the things that I sort of, I know we sort of been struggling a little bit the last couple of years, last year and the year before. And one of the things that we did beginning of this year is we reached out to several uh, judges. We had a practice at a friend's house, a two-team uh, practice, and we had 12 judges. And this yeah. was in Georgia. Wow. And we used to do this every year when we first started, uh, and we had stopped. And so I said, Lex, we need to do that again, because that definitely tells you what, you know, where we're at, what we, whatever we need to do, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, we had 12 judges and I tell you what, the feedback you get at one of those is, is so valuable and it kills me when people, you know, they're, they're having so many issues and they're just beating their head against the wall. I'm like, man, there's this resource out there, all these great judges that would love to show up on a weekend when nothing else is going on uh, and help you out. Right. Right. You no, know? And that's, that's something that we used to do as well. And uh, <clears throat> haven't had time to do it in the past couple of years. And yeah. And it's well with COVID and everything, it was really hard to do. And yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So maybe we should bring that back too. What what was the bi- biggest turning point in your life as a pitmaster? Biggest turning point, <laughs> dude. Seems like there's been a few turning points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I mean, we were very fortunate that first year uh, in 2012 after we took the class. I mean, we sort of. I think we cooked in 20 comps that year. Uh, and we finally got to the point where we won one at the very end of the year. I, it was in, in somewhere in Georgia. Um, and I think that was a turning point for us. Um, really, it's wins that keep the, keeps the addiction going. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I don't think there was any major turning point. Like I said, if, if it gets to the point where we're not doing so well, we sort of try to do those practice with judges and try to turn things around. And I tell you what, the few times we've done that, it's definitely worked out well for us. That's good. That's good. Habits and rituals, routines. Do you guys have any superstitions? Do you have anything you have to do in every <laughs> contest? You're talking to the wrong person. You should be talking to my wife. Alexa's <laughs> got some stuff. Oh my goodness! Every little thing, man. If we don't do it the exact same, <laughs> you know, she loses her mind. I'm like Lex. It's fine. We'll be okay without that. Uh, we've got to do our 11-11 apple pie shot. That's like a we've been oh, doing that's that right. long time. She's been making that apple pie. It's been it's been a long time. But I uh, we participate for the first time in Wise. What's that? I got to participate for the first time in Wise. Uh, I had yeah. to run down. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of it, 11 11 is sort of a tricky time. Uh, the reason we came up with that time is uh, 
by that time, we're usually yelling at each other or back in the day we were. Now it's a little bit more calm nowadays, but back in the day, that's when we both needed a good stiff drink, you know? <laughs> I've so, have I have a beer before turn-ins now, just to calm myself down. It helps. It helps. But, uh, yeah, it's the apple pie. It's the Alabama barbecue pig that goes everywhere with Lex. Uh, <laughs> when she leaves the house to go to a comp, she puts the pig up on her dash in her Jeep, and she has to take a picture of the pig, the road in the background. That's her typical thing. Uh, so we aren't going to do well this weekend because I never got that pick. Oh, no. <laughs> We're screwed. <laughs> you know what? I'll take a picture of something for you and send it to you tomorrow. <laughs> See if I can f- fill that gap for you. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> It might be Detroit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So we have five minutes left. Um, and I'm going to have to fix this. But that, that means we need to get into these rapid fire questions because I don't want to miss these. And because I, we talked a lot, but we only didn't ask you some very many questions. We'll probably have to do a part two at some point. Hey, sounds good. Uh, okay. Rapid fire questions. All right. What? What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Uh, what bothers me is when uh, certain cooks post their comment cards and complain about the judges. Yep. And, and I try to tell them, why do you, in fact, we, I was on Chewing the Barbecue Fat and we were talking about that because somebody had posted their comment card about something, you know, I can't remember what it was. The typical one is lighter fluid. Obviously, they aren't using lighter fluid. But um, you can't take it so literal. There's something in there that does not taste right. That's all you need to Fix it. Take it, use it, or don't. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Do you guys have a favorite pre, during, or post-competition meal? Uh, pre is always usually Mexican. Uh, we've both been doing keto for three years, so we got to be careful what we eat. But uh, we, it's usually always Mexican fajitas uh, yep. before, usually on the Friday. And then Saturday, uh, we got some really good keto ice cream that we sort of indulge in. Because uh, we're usually not hungry after cheese no. or to cheese, tasting the barbecue all day. Yep, that's the same thing. I, I like a good salad. There you go. <laughs> Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? I don't, I don't think I give people any presents that I recall. I like helping people out. Yeah. That's Uh, a good present. Got plenty of people texting me, asking me questions about how to cook certain things. Uh, We had a couple people start out in Pusikyu in the backyard. Uh, two people from my air, one up towards Nashville, and one right n- next to me, and both of them got chicken calls. So I was pretty happy for them. That's awesome. That's you know, I I rarely tell anybody no. <laughs> you have to have done something to me for me not to try and help you out. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. Some people found out that I helped them, and they said, "Well, why don't you help us?" I said, "Ask the question. Ask, ask the right I question." Said, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. 
Last question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions of bil- or billions of people, what would it say and why? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and I think there's a saying that I, I learned a long time ago that I heard from somewhere. I can't remember where it came from. But uh, the saying was that the wisest of men can admit they, they don't know anything or something to that effect. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about being adaptive to change. Uh, right. Even though you think you're the best pit master in the world, if things change, you need to change with it uh, if you want to be successful. Absolutely. That's a great advice. And that really, that really ties the whole thing together. <laughs> Well, good luck to you this weekend in Savannah. Where can people find Smoke Me Silly online? Uh, we, we're on Facebook, uh, Smoke Me Silly. Uh, we have a uh, YouTube channel, Silly BBQ Life. I've been doing videos for a while. I had stopped recently because I tell you what, that editing takes up a lot of time. Absolutely. I'd like to get started back on that again. I, I enjoy doing that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put that out in the show notes and get so people can check it out. All right. All right. Well, good luck this weekend, my friend. All right. You too, Luke. And we'll see you down the road. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs>